BAM Radio Network. How do librarians curate all these new things? Because they were used to just curating books, and now there's so much more they have to sort of curate. But if you're not connected, if you're feeling alone, it's your own fault. There is no excuse. What we're doing is we're modeling for teachers and learners how to pull things together. Welcome to Beyond Books, where teacher librarians are transforming teaching and learning. I'm Alyssa Malspina. And I'm Shannon McClintock-Miller. Hi, Joyce. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us a little about what's new and hot in libraries? While I talk about some trends and some of the things we're doing, I'm always conscious of the fact that libraries are an equity issue. And, and, and we have a number, a great number of students who are information poor and information poverty is a major issue for us to think about in the future. So what I see in libraries is that uh, libraries are the vanguard. And in terms of social media, for instance, we know that we're getting a lot of our information. We're forming communities. We're, we're building creatively using social media. And librarians are the ones who are generally waving the intellectual freedom banner in schools. And, and when there is a librarian, there's a notion in general that schools get it because social media is the new media. And I think we have to get over it and kind of recognize it. And librarians know that. Librarians are acting transparently with learners in a way we never have been able to before. So um, we're in the past, there would be a kind of immaculate conception of, of a term paper or a document. Right now, we're looking at transparency as, as things are being built so we can get into a book and read with learners and new tools. We can get into documents with Google Class and Classroom and, and, and Docs and all sorts of other tools where we actually can be part of the process intimately part of the formative assessment and work on a document together with learners so it, it becomes more collaborative. The learning is more collaborative. Uh, librarians are connecting their classrooms in ways that were, was never possible before. So we're recognizing globalness as a literacy and we're recognizing this in terms of our book clubs and our activities and, and the notion of an author or an expert visit and, and the notion of peer class review in art critique and new types of galleries, but also, um, you know, solving problems together all over the world. And so the potential is there. And, and things like Mystery Skypes and International Date and Global read are just the beginning of that. And we're crowdsourcing. Sometimes we don't have funding or sometimes we need to work on a project together and we're recognizing the potential of leveraging a community to either raise funds or build something together. And librarians, I believe, are leading the way in that. Librarians are, in general, the ones who are rolling out the one-to-one activities in a school. And so I think we're seeing the disappearance of computer labs in general and the appearance of a one-to-one environment, whether it's bring your own device or if we're providing tablets or, or laptops for students. But we're seeing that there need that there has to be content or tools on these devices. It's, it's not just putting hardware in the hands of kiddos. It's making sure that, this, that there's meaningful work to do using these tools. And we're building online communities of practice for ourselves, so our own communities, whether they're ISTE or ASL-based or TL chat-based, are growing stronger and stronger. And, and, and I know Lisa and Shannon know this really well, but if you're not connected, if you're feeling alone, it's your own fault. There is no excuse. We're seeing makerspaces pop up in libraries, but we're also seeing, I think we're into the second generation of that. I think that we saw initially we were playing, and playing is a good thing, 
but there was a novelty. And now we're looking at making for purpose and solving problems with the things that we make. And I think that's step two there. We're looking at things like augmented realities and libraries and how books might come alive, how librarians are doing it on their own, but but publishers are moving into that domain. And so a printed book might be printed, but it also might have very live components in it or activities might continue beyond the time that the physical pages of a book are closed. We're trying to figure out how to incorporate e-books thoughtfully into our collection and make them discoverable and make them not I read an article that described library um, e-books and libraries as, as a crazy town because people couldn't get to them. But I think that's one of the issues that um, librarians are, are dealing with now, how to make them as discoverable as any any resource a kid could find anywhere on the web. And then, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about in some depth today was the notion of curation. And, and all of these things that I talked about have in some part um, a connection to the notion of curation, and, and that is, how are we building collections and making things discoverable and usable? And how are we curating things like people? So those, you know, the, those are some things that are happening. And, and curation is one of the things that I think is perhaps a solution to some of the issues that I mentioned. You know, I love always hearing, you know, the hot trends and you hit on so many great things that we all, you know, think about every day and, and things, too, that we absolutely need to think about, like being involved in social media and making your ebooks, you know, stand out more than they ever have before. I think you hit on a lot of great topics in what you just said. Now, here's the question. How do librarians curate all these new things? Because they were used to just curating books, and now there's so much more they have to sort of curate. How do we go about doing that? Yeah, so, you know, if you think about... The way we did that, we had these really neat shelves, and while some things didn't fit on those shelves, like the kiss that we had back in the 70s and 80s, I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember that, you know, right now, so little that we're, we include in, in what we call our collection really fits on shelves, and so we're seeing new ways to digitally curate in different types of containers, and, and, and we're remixing things in a whole bunch of different ways. So if you think about even just basically books, you could genreify your collection, right, which a lot of people are doing, but the same book might live in a bunch of different spaces. And, for instance, my, my, my grad students were thinking about really crazy ways to genreify, but I, you know, what I suggest to them is if you move these e-books into, into different types of digital curation tools, mm-hmm. they, can, they, they can live anywhere in a way they didn't live physically. So if you're looking at a category like Naughty Princesses, you could have, uh, you know, picture books, you know, move next to some other books. You can have uh, fairy tales live next to, uh, you know, biographies. You can push things around in, in, in crazy digital ways. And another one of the categories that makes me laugh is runaway foods. And I, I just love that as a, as a genre. You know, and these <laughs> digital genres can really live, right? But, you know, the other thing is it's not just content. So what we're finding kids need to, to manage their information lives is, is dashboards. And uh, all of us have been doing some work in this. And you know, Shannon and I have been using uh, tools like uh, Scoopin. We've been using Pearl Trees and LibGuides and EdShelf and Listly. But the tools are amazing. And it's what we're doing right now is trying to figure out what are the specific affordances of the tool to do the task that we want to do for the community we want to do it for. And so 
sometimes it's like Symbaloo because what you can do in, in a Symbaloo web mix is you can pull together, well, I'm give Shannon's example when she was doing her animal project. She pulled together some appropriate content for primary readers relating to animals. And she also pulled together the Google Doc on which the students were collecting notes, um, organizational tools, and tools for telling the final story. So all of that was pulled together in a curation effort that met the needs of those young, young researchers. Similarly, you know, we're putting together shelves of reference tools. Uh, I'm putting together materials at the high school level, or I was, for AP U.S. history. And so those primary sources had to go with tools for building document-based questions and then tools for communicating the results of the research as well as tools for citation. So learners need the, the three-ring binder is no longer an adequate tool for student research because it can contain video evidence. It can contain RSS feeds, especially if current awareness and news is part of the research effort. It's no longer a possibility. And so I, I think what um, what we're doing is we're modeling for teachers and learners how to pull things together, how to organize our information world, how to engage in personal knowledge management, and also how to be a curator themselves. And so once you model this kind of activity, what I find is whether we teach it explicitly or it happens organically, learners begin to adopt these tools for their own purposes. So where they might have used a tool like Pinterest to just pin boards of shoes that they they wanted to buy, they can now pin book covers and link them to Goodreads and, and or or pin the, uh, the primary sources that they're collecting for a project or or pull them together in, you know, in a format that'll create a digital story. I'm thinking that we have the ability right now to really powerfully organize our learning and our, our collections and to also demonstrate to um, our stakeholders what librarianship looks like in a digital world. And I think that you'll find, if you, if you search for them, a, a whole variety of curation efforts that school librarians are engaging in to make their collections discoverable and to model how to be an information citizen in a digital world. Thank you so much, Joyce. I think everything that you said just really is something that we all need to think about. And I love all of the topics you spoke about, but especially speaking about curation and how by doing that, kids can really find their own personalized way of curating and finding materials and connecting to not just their school resources, but to the world. So we really thank you for coming and sharing all of those great ideas. You've been listening to Beyond Books, where teacher librarians are transforming teaching and learning. I'm Shannon McClintock-Miller. And I'm Alyssa Malaspina. Follow the TL Chat hashtag to continue the learning. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.